welcome to Behind the Data, the podcast that takes you inside the world of market research and breaks down the topics we love to nerd out on. Today, I'm joined by Allison Angus and Gina Westbrook from our lifestyles group at Euromonitor. Throughout the year, Allison and Gina explore consumer habits, preferences, and attitudes across all areas of life. But today, we're going to cover the consumer trends that will shape and influence commerce in 2019. Ladies, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. That's a lovely introduction. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. So before we jump into the trends themselves, can you tell me a little about how you spot trends throughout the year and, and how you decide, you know, what makes the cut? What, what will we consider a top trend? Well, it's quite a, a team effort. So more and more we're trying to, we've got an awful lot of people across the world working for us and we're trying to make the best of that fantastic base. Um, so there's global consumer surveys, there's industry market analysis, there's expert analysis. So we wanted to try and see how we can garner all that together. First of all, we prompt our analysts internally in each of our verticals and then poll the expert teams for their insights. We build up a database of emerging trends and, and mine our trade interviews. Um, at the end of all this sort of harvesting and gathering process, we have dynamic workshops and drill down collectively to pinpoint interesting trends. Then after we've done that, we poll our research team in all our offices, 14 global offices, and then ask them to rank this long list. And then we can make the final cut to identify the top trends. This sounds like a very intense process. Well, it is intense. Um, and uh, we just want to make the most of so that we're not just reiterating things that we know to be true, but see things which really are emerging. Yeah, and I think it's it's the way we do it as well is because we go across all the global offices and we, we poll the analysts and we also sales as well. Um, it means we do get that total global view on everything. So when we're looking at the final list, we can say, well, is this truly a global trend? Oh, that, that makes a lot of sense. And Gina, I think you had one last step before I cut you off. I was just so impressed by the, the thoroughness of your, your vetting of the trends. To say what happens at the end of that process is that each trend's written up by one of our analysts and they work closely with the industry team and in turn guided by our experts. So it's a, a totally holistic process. I love it. Um, so rather than talk about the process more, we should probably just jump right into the list. What are the trends of 2019? Okay, so um, firstly, we have uh, everyone's an expert, um, and that very much um, embodies this switch in power that's really now taken over fully from the retailer to the consumers. So it's the consumers that are in charge of everything. Um, so basically what that means for businesses is that companies have to innovate and engage with the consumers to entice the consumers in who've already done their research and know what they want. So no longer is it um, companies creating stuff and consumers having to buy it, it's actually consumers saying, make this for me. Um, we then have I can look after myself, um, which is about taking preventative measures against illness, anxiety and and people, consumers treating themselves more without having to consult a, a professional. So they might do that through um, adapting uh, uh, their diet. Um, we've seen this rise in veganism or making different life choices. It could be simple things like that. But it's also about the use of apps and personalization services that create products that are uniquely for them that can help them look after themselves. Yeah, and then uh, we have back to basics for status. This is people who are 
searching for authentic, differentiated products and experiences which allow them to express their individuality. We think that consumers in developed economies are re-evaluating their spending habits, moving away from overt materialism to simplicity, authenticity, individuality. And what we think is really important for this year now, this has been going on for a while, but as emergency economies develop further, the same pattern is going to emerge for them. So are you saying in these emerging economies that they'll go through maybe the materialistic phase first and then revert or maybe just skip over it and kind of stick with this back to basic? They'll go through the the process first and they have been as the reins are drawn back on our economies then people are becoming are seeing the value in this back to basics so not quite so uh, visible in their consumption and can sorry i'm just really intrigued when you say back to basics does this mean you know brand names or or widely recognized brands are now gone or is it that consumers are more selective about which brands they spend their money on or which uh things they want to be associated with? I think it's to do with um, it's to do with the things that they want to be associated. And if the brand reflects that, then that's great. Um, a really big example is in craft um, alcohol. So mm -hmm. craft whiskies or, or vodkas, white spirits. It's really important. It's a kind of battling against as well, uh, against the big multinationals, although we know that multinationals are uh, covertly operating within this. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's keep running through the trends. This is so fascinating to me. <laughs> so conscious consumers are flexible. They choose for the moment. It used to be the domain of ethically positioned niche products, and it's now being embraced by conventional companies through higher welfare alternatives of existing products. And as Ali's already mentioned, the rise of veganism is really, really big. Um, and again, we think that they're influential, these people, and the trend will spread to other consumers. So when you say ethical labels, is this like fair trade or no cruelty testing on animals or things like that? Yes, all those things. <laughs> Absolutely. I think anything animal related uh, uh, is just joined in with the human uh, socially responsible aspect of it, as well as the environmental. So which, which actually takes me to the next trend, um, because the next ones I want a plastic free world. And I don't think anybody who is producing consumer trends at the moment cannot talk about plastic free. Um, so we've got this huge push from society that over the past 12 months in particular, but growing even more into 2019, where they're just not accepting plastic anymore. Um, so the durability of plastic packaging is being really scrutinized because of plastics polluting presence as waste um, in, the, in the environment. So um, we're seeing so many more companies now announcing strategies to reduce the use of plastic because of this push. And um, I even saw, I think it was this week, Lego announcing they've got, um, they're bringing out a new sustainable collection that's going to be made from sugarcane, oh, wow. very much fitting into this, this plastic free trend as well. Yeah, a nice one as well would be this is sort of a centralized collection for all sorts of different products. And, and I think man, manufacturers like L'Oreal and Lunilever are working together to produce mm. a uh, recyclable packaging. Mm. All right. So uh, the next trend is digitally together. And I think what's facilitated this is high speed Internet, especially the acceleration of mobile Internet. And it's driving live interactive experiences online 
and facilitating collaboration on large files, but instantly. So, of course, we've had dating apps and, and all those sorts of things for a long time. I know those all too well. <laughs> <laughs> What's making it interesting is that because of the high speed internet and broadband capacity, the lifelike interactions online are really, really compelling. And I think as those t technological capabilities and our comfort using them grow, so will the late range of things we can do digitally together. Yeah, just to jump in there, actually, because obviously we've got Gen Z now that are uh, sort of at uni and, and starting to come out into the workplace. Um, but they're so influential and and they are the guys that are purely, completely and utterly digitally all-rounders. They're, they're constantly online. So companies really have to take this on board and about how they can be together with them online as well, because uh, that, that, that's, that's the crowd they've got to really um, entice in. Absolutely. And I think it's so interesting when you were talking before about brands and authentic experiences. I think the big challenge in a digital world is that Yes, we might be geographically separated, but it's creating that authentic and social and really communal space without necessarily being there physically together. Yeah. Yeah, they live online together. They party online together. I mean, I don't quite know how that works, but forget living in, sitting in your, gathering in your living room like we used to do or whatever it, wherever we gathered, but it's all online. Making things creative together as well is yeah. really important. So, you know, having a band where you've got each member of the band in a different continent it's fantastic that's really cool so uh, the next one is i want it now and this is uh, where consumers are seeking a frictionless experience that mesh with their lifestyles it gives them more time to their to devote to their professional or their social lives efficiency driven lifestyles transcend into instant gratification at the public's trust towards data access and how it will be used will ultimately determine the longevity of this trend. So just making things really smooth is very important for people and having a rubbish online experience when you're trying to buy something is just not acceptable anymore. It's so true. I feel like, you know, if I have to do more than two or three clicks, and this is just myself anecdotally, you know, I'm already losing interest or might give up on the process. So I can only imagine, you know, when you, you multiply that out by all the consumers in the world, it, it makes both an online on desktop as well as mobile experience, you know, so necessary for brands. Absolutely. And it sort of ties in quite nicely with the next trend, which is called Finding My Jomo. Jomo being the joy of missing out. Oh, is that like the opposite of FOMO? It's new counterpart or step sibling? I don't know. Yeah, it's the opposite. It's where, but I think it's not just missing out altogether, but being more intentional with your time, setting your own boundaries, being more selective in what you do. Um, planned disconnection gives people time to reflect, to act freely, focus on what they really want to do and enjoy. So it's not junking digital altogether, but choosing when and where you interact. In developing markets, reliance on the internet may be the origin of higher stress levels, especially when being connected is so linked to essential services. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> okay. So we have two other trends, um, the, the final two trends. So the first one um, is age agnostics, um, which uh, is very much about consumers who are rejecting traditional demographic expectations as such. So they're anti-age labeling and branding. So they're saying, well, you know, I may be getting older, but I don't want to act it. I don't want to behave it. I don't want to look it. Um, so they're really pushing 
pushing back on this and so the and what we're seeing is the values and lifestyle choices are, are blurring across generations so baby boomers for instance um, they, they have a lot more in common with the values and priorities of Millennials and younger generations than than many of us actually realize mm -hmm. um, and so what's happening business is is having to look at things and say well actually maybe this sort of anti-aging for instance um, we, we need to change how our narrative is against that so they need to cater more for a, um, an inclusive and all-encompassing um, audience as such it's not just a, an aging or or a young generation it's um we're crossing over a lot this reminds me a lot um lisa holmes has, did a show with us and talked a lot about the survey consumer types and how the, a lot of them were age agnostic to that point and she was saying how you have a lot of people maybe in their 50s and 60s who care just as much you know, about the latest iPhone as maybe someone in their 20s and how companies do need to think about, you know, more the behaviors and the personality traits and less about the demographic information that we've kind of always looked at classically. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, when you look at consumers now, those consumer types are really interesting because they do just take a completely different view to the traditional demographic breakdown of them. Um, so it is really important to make sure we understand. And, and actually, um, the older generations are learning so much from millennials and Gen Z. So they're learning, they, they're just as interested in technology as, as the younger generations are um, because they're seeing the benefits of it all. Yeah, I can attest to that. I have become my mom's personal tech support for, for all new gadgets, but she now streams. She got rid of cable. I feel like things that people associate with millennials. She cut her cable. She's streaming everything. That's she great. Is, she is That's on really it. cool. <laughs> so, okay. And the last trend um, is loner living. Um, so we know that millennials um, have started this process of rejecting marriage or delaying marriage and they don't want to settle down too quickly. Instead, they're, they're focusing on their careers and having fun. Um, so what we're also um, seeing, however, is baby boomers are getting divorced. Um, people are actually saying no and saying, well, actually, I want to live a, a single life. And that's we've seen massive growth of the single person households and there's something like getting on for 30% of households are, are single households now, um, which is huge. Basically, yeah, people are, are just saying, well, you know what, we're bucking the stigma of living alone and actually choosing to be single. Um, so how do brands cater for that? How do companies cater for that? It's an uh, it's, uh, important question. Yeah, we actually uh, had a chat with Pavel Marceau recently about kind of the future of the home. And he brought this same topic up saying, you know, from not just in terms of societal trends or population trends, but that this can have big implications on the size of homes, the types of gadgets in homes, the appliances that go in them. A single person's kitchen might look very different than a family's kitchen and how there are a lot of business opportunities and you know, us single folks, maybe we've gotten the shaft in the past, but we're banding together. Yeah, and, yeah. and Tesco's in the UK, for instance, as well. They, they've jumped and they're leveraging this this trend because they have uh, announced an increase um, of 40% of their single portion lines. 
Oh, wow. But also it's very clever, actually, because they've done that on the basis of probably single households. But also, if you think about it, how we live and work and everything nowadays. So families don't necessarily all sit down to dinner at the same time anymore because everyone's dipping in and out of different things. And then you've got the difference in dietary needs like veganism or um, different cultures. So actually, people may be within the same household, maybe not eating the same things either. So so they're really um, appealing to quite a wide audience with that. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. It's almost like a, a collection of individual needs rather than one cohesive unit that seems to carry across a lot of these trends that you mentioned. Absolutely. Um, another thing I've noticed uh, just in your introduction here that kind of carries across trends is the role technology plays. Can we dive in and maybe explore you know, where technology comes into play and how it's influenced some of the trends this year? Yeah, huge. Um, I mean, technology is obviously driving trends left, right and centre at the moment. And um, I mean, maybe if I just cover a few stats to start. Please do. We love fun facts. <sighs> fun facts. Love it. Um, well, 50% of the, the population globally are now online and 78% of mobile phone owners subscribe to mobile internet. So this, I think mobile is so key. Um, consumers want access anytime, anywhere. Basically, mobile phone uh, manufacturers are enabling people in rural and more maybe poorer um, areas to to have cheaper phones so that they can get this access. And it's important for business because all of a sudden they, they've got this rural audience that they previously couldn't get to, but they now can. But I think it goes... Um, way beyond that. Um, if, if we think about education, for instance, we've got uh, online learning is changing how people study for higher education. So we have people of different ages in different rural locations or even just different countries who are, instead of having the costs of going to university, are using things like what we call MOOCs. They're massive open online courses. So it's changing the higher education structure in the future as we move forward. Well, and even just everyday learning and kind of baseline education around things like nutrition and health. I know you mentioned I can take care of myself, you know, even outside of the university space. It just feels, you know, with caution, but that we have so much access. I know there are horror stories about people diagnosing themselves on medical websites. So maybe that's not the best example. But, you know, just the fact that we have technology where we can enter symptoms or find out a few home remedies before going to the doctor. Yeah, I think there's some nice apps now which actually have access to a live doctor. So mm. places like um, South Africa, where they have difficulty in getting to see a doctor because there's not so much um, opportunity. You, first stop might be to look on Google and decide what you'd actually got. But the better option is to talk to directly to a qualified doctor who could chat you through just much in the same way. I mean, why should you go into a doctor's surgery to talk to somebody when you can do it online with a trust mm -hmm. as long as you trust the person? So I think it's it moves on a step from that. That's how you would become digitally together rather than just Mr. Google telling you <laughs> some really nice examples of um, working digitally in this way like um, Peloton who make gym bikes which you can have now have in your home instead of having to slave down to the gym and be there with a lot of other very sweaty noisy people you can choose to have your own bike in your own home and you can have a direct conversation with your tutor or your mentor on the bike as you're going along. But Gina, if that, that really fit person isn't next to you in the gym, would you be as motivated? Because I know that's part of what keeps me going is when I'm in the class, I need to see someone else succeed. 
Yeah, it's like a live interaction, though. So, so you're on your bike at home, but you actually and and the instructor is is doing the class online with other people wherever they are. So it is yeah. like it's changing the way we do gym. So you're you're absolutely right. Would we be so motivated to do it? But you you still got to attend a class at a certain time, um, mm. where the instructor is live with you, but like we said, digitally, interactively. Um, in their own spaces. Yeah, in cities like Chicago, where it is snowing yet again, I think like the 500th time this season, I can imagine an app like that would be really popular. The appeal of not having to go outside would keep everyone a lot fitter. Yeah, and it makes you think about how, how, what other applications are there for this type of thing? So, you know, this whole thing with Digitally Together, I mean, what can you not do from home anymore because you've got these apps that are, allow you to go to any type of class. Do you do cookery lessons uh, via those sort of apps and it's really interesting stuff. That's, yeah and, and things like I was saying earlier about creative professionals like musicians and filmmakers collaborating, mm. sharing digital files, logging on for live creative workshops. And there's some the pros have got platforms like Compos or Bandhub but there are you know, there are more and more amateur connections on these sorts of things. Compos has got about 80,000 users, but it's a really complex um, world and um, it gives online bands the chance to feedback on each other's music. I think the great thing about this is that it's not so passive. All of these things are much more active. And one of the things yeah. that we know about mental health problems and well-being is not to be um, falling down in a, in a digital tunnels that our young people have been want to do. But this is more interactive and that's the important thing. It's much better for you, I think. It's that sense of community you were talking about before. I think that's a good point because, you know, particularly the youngsters are online so much, but even everybody now. Um, it's, that's a really good point, actually, Gina, and, and because it is it can be classed as a very lonely life because maybe you're not actually interacting with people physically um mm. but yeah so by doing things this way at least you are still interacting with other people even if it's not in a physical space yeah so i feel like we've you know identified these key trends and who they're impacting but my next question is sort of now what you know what do businesses or brands do with this information you know how can they apply these trends to strategic planning or strategic initiatives? I, th I think what business needs to do, first of all, is really, you know, look at these trends, um, compare them to their products, their services, their packaging, how they take products to market, their company ethics, you know, all of that stuff and, and look at the, how they align with those trends and, you know, is there anything that they're doing that they shouldn't be doing or, you know, they just need to adapt or is there a whole new way of thinking they need to, to realign their strategies? So, um, you know, if we go back to age agnostics, for instance, with this anti age labeling and um, branding scenario what we're seeing if you think about the beauty industry anti-ages are massively popular um, and they're a huge part of the beauty industry but actually what we're already starting to see some companies do is is rethink their their labeling of it um, so they're actually rather than calling them an anti-ager they'll they're focusing them on on um, what the product actually does so they'll just change the name 
um, slightly or the, the description of the product so that it, it's not looking at somebody just because they're at a certain age. So that's the type of thing that business can do. Um, they, can, they, they should certainly be looking at these trends and saying, well, am I aligned here? Um, and throughout their whole, um, throughout the, all of their processes, you know, who are they using to make these products? Um, is that fitting with, with this need for the conscious consumers? What, what uh, is going into my products? How can I, how can I get them to consumers differently? So things like the growth of subscription services and with where you get, you create your own product because they send you the ingredients. I mean, that's a great example of how companies um, in the food industry have moved forward, um, mm. aligning to trends. Yeah, I think one of the biggest overall trends that we've seen is how consumers to use that rather political phrase, want to take back control. Mm. So they want to be more in control of the whole process. They want to learn. They want to be engaged. And that's, you know, that's absolutely ripe for manufacturers to make the most of. Businesses can work with that, making that kind of genuine, genuine two-way conversation where you're, you're engaged in a conversation and you're, you can help deliver. And although it sounds very time-consuming, I think it's, it's obviously worth... Um, seeing people as uh, a big um, uh, subsector of um, different types of urges and needs and uh, through research try and work out what the genuine two-way conversation can be. Yeah, you brought up craft beer earlier and I think sometimes um, craft coffee, you know, maybe also comes to mind. But I think that's the perfect example in that usually there are smaller breweries where you can visit and tour the brewery itself and you learn more about who are the people at the company because they're a lot smaller or you can see the process of how it gets made or you learn about where beans are picked and it is this more kind of interactive and educational even process and it's not just this is the beer I'm drinking and I bought it at the supermarket. It's, you know, Joe in this city who works at this brewery is part of a team that does these things and and you feel like you know what's going on behind the scenes. Exactly. Yes. So when you put these trends together and consult with the team and, you know, we we whittle them down and, and create a final list, do any of, did any of the trends this year surprise you or did one kind of stand out as something very unique to 2019? I don't think anything overly surprised me. Obviously, I mentioned plastic. Um, I think I, I said you, you can't really talk about trends without talking about plastic-free waste this year. And I think what surprised me is just how much that's grown and how quickly it's grown. And the other thing is a UK-based company that make marshmallows, bespoke marshmallows. and Already interested. Well, it gets better. So um, the rise of cannabis. So uh, special flavorings for some of these marshmallows. And they've actually got um, yeah, a CBD-infused um, marshmallow. Oh, my goodness. that That is interesting. It is really fun. <laughs> so it's, it's taking a way of relaxing into snacking basically. So they're able to relax by eating a bag of marshmallows. How great. Um, but I'm surprised there by how quickly this whole thing is moving with cannabis and CBD. Already just in the last week or so, the World Health Organization um, have already announced that they're going to look at the legislation for medical use of cannabis. Um, so the fact that the World Health Organization is, look, is looking at rescheduling all of this is, um, is just, just highlighting how quickly this is all moving. It, it applies to so many areas as well. It's not just delicious marshmallows, but 
drinks, yeah. cosmetics, health, all sorts of areas. I mean, it's just absolutely massive suddenly. And if it becomes perfectly legal to use some um, medical based or, or mm -hmm. non, non addictive based uh, cannabinoids, um, then it'll really take off. It's amazing. Yeah, we, we spoke with Shane and Spiros. I know I keep mentioning previous episodes, but just, you know, maybe four or five episodes ago, all about legal cannabis and sort of where things are. And in just a matter of weeks, you just mentioned, you know, the WHO changing, you know, everything is moving so fast there. So I would imagine the whole, you know, the, the role technology plays helps accelerate all of that motion. Absolutely. Yeah. It ties in very sweetly with both Jomo and um, I can look after myself. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I know you mentioned plastic and maybe cannabis are very in the moment now. Are there other trends you've seen over the years that maybe feel a little dated now, but at the time were super representative? Or do you see repeat trends occurring year after year that are maybe timeless classics? So, um, yeah, they, I, I find that a lot of them. Um, just continue to evolve so for instance if we take everyone's an expert which is one of this year's trends that's very much been developing and um, if we go back a year we had a trend called sleuthy shoppers and everyone's an expert is the kind of next stage of sleuthy shoppers so sleuthy shoppers was about making sure that we had uh, much more visual transparency it, it had to be sort of extreme transparency so consumers um, knew as much as possible but in a very visual way well if we look at everyone's an expert this is really kind of gone totally extreme now and that consumers now you know they know everything there it's all about their knowledge their intelligence that's driving everything but we do come on no. <laughs> i certainly know everything <laughs> i like to think i do <laughs> i certainly purport that to others and, um... <laughs> yeah. conscious consumers is uh, an extension of last year's clean lifers trend mm comes back a bit to how the younger generation of clean lifers have opened up the minds of other generations and are taking clean living to an extreme. Like, it's been a really rapid move towards veganism and flexitarianism is where the older generations will join in. If all of all consumers eat 20% uh, less meat, that's a massive, massive impact on markets. Sure. Do you ever go back and evaluate, you know, how how right you were per se? Or do you think like, yep, nailed it with that trend or, ooh, maybe that one didn't take off as much as I thought? I think, yeah, well, um, we try to do some follow-ups um, on at least some of the trends um, as we go through the year. So we do, you know, reevaluate things and look at them. And I think one, one I could highlight is the borrowers trend from last year. So the borrowers was all about... Um, it was about um, the rental business and the sharing economy. Um, and we knew that it was an important trend, but the speed of growth has been absolutely astronomical. Um, and I published something not so long ago, just before Christmas time, um, about that trend and where it's gone to. And to just try and showcase just how big it's got. Um, and when you say rentals, you're talking about like Airbnb or businesses like that? With the borrowers, it was sort of, you know, it's the sharing economy, it's sharing of everything. So we were even, um, gosh, we, we would close toys where people are renting them rather than buying. Um, but now what we've seen in the last 12 months with that, which has surprised me, is that it's moved so far into the business world as well. 
So it's not just B2C sharing, it's um, B2B sharing. And that's an industry that's really taken off. And it's taken off with big companies, tech industry, uh, big retailers. And what they're doing is, is they'll share their office spaces or the retail space. They'll share roles and job functions. So some of the logistical needs, for instance. And, and even they've started to share data wow. if it's for a tech company or a scientific company um yeah this whole secrecy thing is just very slowly maybe edging out a little bit well i'd imagine in all of your research you come across some pretty weird fads or trends or behaviors i have to ask what is the weirdest thing each of you has researched <laughs> Well, I don't know that I've necessarily researched anything weird. Um, if I go back, gosh, I don't know, 15 years, I used to work for um, a company and I was um, very much researching consumer electronics and games and, and that side of things. And we were having this discussion back then about how, how amazing it was that 10-year-olds had mobile phones. And then we had this discussion that said, well, do you think we'll ever get to a point where a five-year-old has phones? Um, <laughs> but actually... We've got now babies that can use a, a phone or a swipe on a mobile phone before they can even talk. <laughs> well, I feel like we've just, you know, unearthed so many cool trends. I know I'm certainly starting to pay more attention to my own habits and maybe which trend I fit into. I almost feel like there's a magazine quiz here. You know, which trend represents you and what does that mean? You know, like a horoscope or something. I don't know. What, what trend do you think you are? Without a doubt, finding my Jomo would be my trend. I, and that's sort of cheating as it overlaps with some others. Now, I'm going on holiday to India next week, and I'm going to be switching off all my social media and my emails. However, I'm definitely going to be using my smartphone apps to guide me. Oh, I am definitely age agnostics and loner living. <laughs> I'm pushing back. <laughs> Well, thank you both so much for joining us. And before we run, I do want to do a kind of a quick plug. You mentioned a webinar that you did recently. And if anyone is interested in finding it, you can visit blog.euromonitor.com and search the Global Consumer Trends 2019 webinar. You can hear a lot more on this topic. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Behind the Data. We hope you're as curious as we are and will continue to listen as we dissect data, research, and everything in between. 